Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, as a business leader, where do you go for truth? Do you find it in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times? Maybe, but maybe you go to the internet and you, and you do your own research. Do you find truth there? Where do you find truth? Well, if you're a, gre- if you're a regular listener of I Work For Him, you know that truth, real truth, the only truth is found in Jesus. But how do you apply that to your workplace, to your leadership position, to your life, to your life with your family? Sometimes you just need help. Today we talk with Dave Holly, the new leader of Truth at Work. To find out about this amazing ministry and how it can help you, a business owner, a business leader, an organizational leader, find help with leading your faith and leading with your faith in your workplace. Dave Holly, welcome to I Work For Him. Good afternoon, Jim. How are you doing today? Good. Great to hear your voice. Great to have you Thank and you. the Ministry of Truth at Work on I Work For Him so we can actually celebrate what you guys are doing. Fantastic. Dave, let's just start off. As we do with many of our first-time guests, we just have them share a little bit of their faith story. How did you come to be a Christ follower? Yeah, well, for me, interestingly enough, I was raised Catholic, and so I certainly always believed in God and, um, you know, had biblical knowledge. But it is sort of the classic journey where I just difference between a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and heart knowledge. And so for me, it really came in my mid-30s. I was already in the marketplace for a number of years, and it came in my mid-30s. And there's uh, my pastor at the time, his name was Pastor Wally, I would say had a two-year pursuit of me um, where he sort of kind of witnessed to me, and we kept bumping to each other. We shared a common love of baseball, since baseball's in the air right now. And uh, through that journey, he kept discipling me, witnessing me, and finally that's where I came to know the Lord. So he used baseball as a common interest in order to draw you into conversation and, and get you sucked into the, into the family of Jesus. He did. Right or wrong, wherever you are in the country, we were both New York Yankee fans. Oh, that's so wrong. He, uh, You're right. That's so, wrong. Oh, sorry. For those, <laughs> for those of you here that love Tampa Bay, sorry, that, love, that are in Tampa Bay, that love the Yankees and around the country, love the, there are Yankees fans all over the country. There's no question. Yeah, I lived in Florida, so we definitely were some relocated New Yorkers. Yeah, I'm a Twins fan, and, and I know that that just, I just like those small market teams. I just love it. Then the Rays right here in Tampa Bay, a phenomenal little, uh, uh, these sparky little teams, I like them. They, they, they have a tenth of the payroll. I love that. Okay. All right. <laughs> baseball, it doesn't matter. It's not, a, there's nothing eternally significant about baseball, but it does honor the Lord. Okay. So talk to us. <laughs> I got to back myself away from that conversation because all my family was born in New Jersey, and they're all Yankees fans. There right? you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back and away, back and away. All right. Talk about your work background before becoming the leader at Truth at Work. Yeah, so I I was in the marketplace uh, really for about 25-plus years before becoming a leader at Truth at Work, but that's not where I started my journey at Truth at Work. So um, I was about 35 or 36 when I came to know the Lord. I think it was actually 35, so I was probably halfway in that journey. I had been in the tech industry, worked for a number of companies like IBM, Verizon, and then spent a uh, really better part of 20 years in a small technology company that I was privileged to watch grow to a billion dollars. And, 
it was halfway in that work journey where I came to know the Lord, and it was shortly after that where I actually came to know Truth at Work. Wow, very, very cool. So who introduced you to Truth at Work? So interestingly enough, Truth at Work was introduced to me. First, I actually had a crisis of calling, and when I say that, when I first uh, came to know the Lord, I started having this thing about, isn't the marketplace evil, and should I even be in the marketplace? And I sort of had a panic look in my wife about what does that mean, you know, and what are you going to do? And my pastor said, you know, if it's going to happen, you'll get an affirmation from her. And then I had a a gentleman that put his arm around me, and he kind of opened my eyes to the employees. At the time, I had 500 employees under my charge and customers and things. And he said, look, you've got access to people that Mike, and at the time Mike was our pastor, Mike will never meet because they won't come into a church, but they have to go to work. And so that's what opened my eyes to being staying in the marketplace. And then one of the original Truth at Work Roundtable members from 2000 actually chased me for about a year and asked me to come to an informational meeting, and I eventually did. All right, so let's just take a step back, because when we were doing our pre-show interview, you talked a lot about, hey, you know, I was a little bit different at work before Christ than after Christ. How would you describe your life and your perspective on work before Christ? So you're not going to let me gloss over that. So no, the reality is, no, because um, we want to talk about the amazing work that Jesus has done in your life. Because that's what's, that's what's fun to highlight. You know, I think the fundamental difference is I was always driven. So I was fortunately always driven, always goal, uh, goal-centered, but I was driven for me. And um, it was really, you know, out for my goals, my objectives. And the only good thing I would say I had through that is I always treated people with dignity and respect, but it really was all about how I was advancing, growing, developing, um, really from a business perspective. When I changed, I really moved from me and the Lord, because I'd love to tell you that immediately the next day it was, I was driven for the Lord. Um, but it was, it was a blend, and it sure. depended on the day, it depended on the hour. And then ultimately, I'd like to say I've spent more time being driven for the Lord with you know, those normal setbacks of being driven for myself. Um, the other thing, though, uh, from our discussion I thought about is, if I look back, I was definitely a hothead. Um, my temper sometimes was legendary. Sometimes in the business, people would think it was funny. And, of course, there's not a lot about it that's funny. And so while I still have my moments, it's interesting as I've looked back, my self-control has changed dramatically from 20 years ago in the marketplace, even till say, 10 years ago to five years ago, and, you know, again, continues to develop there. Well, and when you look at, now, if we were to call your wife, which we're not going to do, and we were to ask her a question on the air, which we're not going to do, but if we were going to call her and ask her a question about how, what, what is the biggest change you've seen in Dave because of him following Jesus, what would she say? Well, you know, it's funny, because there was a discipleship class I went to, and it talked about, they gave, the pastor gave out different fruits of the Spirit. And I was with my wife, it was a three-year discipleship class, and he gave me the fruit of the Spirit of love, and my wife looked over at me, and she goes, he got it right. And so I can say without, you know, uh, editing her words, the thing I think she's noticed in me is my love and care for people, others. Um, I always, like I said, treated people well, but 
it's different when you have sort of this genuine love for people, even that you don't know. All right, so let's talk about Truth at Work. You became the new leader. You, you replaced the founder as the, as the new leader uh, of Truth at Work in 2016. What is Truth at Work all about? So we're really about impacting the marketplace. I, that's why I love uh, the message that you have and how your message, uh, I work for him, resonates with us. We're about the marketplace. We're about impacting the marketplace. Clearly, one of the best ways to impact anything is to impact the leader, and there's a lot of truth about the leaders in Christian businesses, whether they be the owner, the CEO, or even a key executive. Is We often talk about them being lonely, isolated, and overwhelmed. Lonely, you know, or am I the only one going through this? Isolated in the sense they don't necessarily have a good peer group that's safe to wrestle with issues of faith and work. And overwhelmed, you know, we have this viewpoint of we have to have it all together at work, all together at home, all together in the community, and the reality is nobody has it all together. And so we provide that environment, and I would tell you that we challenge them in issues of faith and work, but also encourage them in issues of faith and work. Uh, well, but and, and this is in, a, in what kind of format? So substantively, we serve the marketplace through what we call roundtables, and so we'll have a group of 10 to 14, nominally 12, uh, business leaders, key executives that meet on a monthly basis. And again, very structured. We take them through a half-day format. And so they start their day out once a month in really a, what I'll call a peer board of advisors. And we'll take them through a, a structured content that will be on a specific topic that we're wrestling with. Could be current events or otherwise. Let each month a different member be featured and then ultimately work through roundtable issues together. So we have a nice structured format that we meet monthly with them. Check them out online at truthatwork.org, truthatwork.org. You know, they've got lots of stuff out there, not just for business owners and leaders. They've got a weekly devotional. They've got, that's devotional without the D. They've got a conference coming up. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, Truth at Work is something that everybody needs to know about. Check it out online at truthatwork.org. We're talking with Dave Holly. He's the CEO of Truth at Work, but just because he's in charge doesn't mean he's not a real nice guy, and that's why we've got him on the line today. I don't know why they even came out that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> was just, just let my mouth go. Sorry. You know, a lot of times people that are CEOs are hard to reach, but you're definitely one of those guys that's just super easy to talk to, and we appreciate the ministry that you're doing at, at Truth at Work. Talk to me about the people that you serve at Truth at Work. Yeah, so we substantively serve business owners and leaders and key executives, but we have now moved to where we really have an offering even for the people in their organizations and even people that aren't a part. So while we have our roundtables that that's the key target for, we've actually birthed a new program for emerging entrepreneurs. Imagine some of our members that maybe have been running companies for 10 and 20 years. We talk about imagine if you started off a new business venture with a kingdom perspective, and we put mentors around them, content specifically for entrepreneurs, and we give them you know, a faith-based view right from the beginning of founding their businesses. We've got devotionals, as you said, that people can subscribe to weekly, and now we actually have a podcast uh, that is basically interviewing different leaders from around the country, probably many that would be a guest on your show, about how they um, wrestle and integrate their faith into leadership. So this is like late-breaking news, this whole new roundtable group for emerging entrepreneurs. That's huge. 
Because there's all kinds of people out there that are just like, I really want to do this. I'm not sure how to do this. And there's a couple of ministries out there that will help them do that. But that's a new thing for Truth at Work. It is. Last year we launched it as part of our conference. That was one of the things that came out of our conference. We launched what we call 1.0, and we're launching 2.0 right now in November for next year. And um, it's really invigorating, I will tell you. An entrepreneur can be any age, but they typically tend to be younger. And um, they come out with an energy and a vigor, but they're really thirsting for mentorship and uh, advice and counsel. So it's it's been refreshing. That is a common theme among all of our emerging you know, millennials and next, the gi- digital generation who are really, they all want mentors. They all really do. Yeah. They really want to, they want to make an impact and they want to make it right away. And they know they need people above them to help them. That's an incredible thing. All right. So we're going to take a break, take a break from talking about truth at work to talking about truth at work in the trenches. We've got one of your uh, city leaders, uh, chapter leaders on the line with us. We've got Jim Lang. He's the chapter president in Toledo, Ohio, and he runs a ton of different groups uh, and for some reason, it said in your notes there, Dave Holly, that Jim is five foot twenty. That's correct. <laughs> well, Jim Lang, I'll let you explain that. Jim Lang, welcome to I Work for Him. Well, Jim, thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. Exactly. What does that mean? Five foot twenty? Does that mean you're really six foot eight? <laughs> That's really good. Most people, when I say that, you know, they ask me how tall I am because I am uh, somewhat freakishly tall, and I'll say I'm five feet twenty, and. Many look at me and say, literally, they've said to me, well, I could have swore you over six feet tall. I said, no, I'm five feet 20. (laughs) And uh, so that's what I do. Those are people that learn the metric system, Jim. (laughs) That's that's, that's what that is. All right. So listen, Jim, how did you first hear about Truth at Work? Well, I heard about it uh, because I was asked to be the chairman of Toledo's National Day of Prayer Breakfast. It was their 19th annual breakfast. I was asked in 2007. Uh, for the event that was on May the 1st, 2008. And uh, I reached out, had a, another guy set up to be our speaker, and he ended up having to cancel for a really good reason um, on somewhat short notice, about four months before the event. And I had gotten a DVD of Ray Hilbert, who's the founder of Truth at Work, speaking. Right. And uh, he was really speaking to my heart about faith in the marketplace. And uh, I brought it to the group, and long story short, we ended up bringing him in to be our speaker. And immediately after the breakfast, uh, Ray and I went to Bob Evans here in Toledo just to get to know one or each other a bit. And uh, God really showed up. I mean, we were both, it's going to sound weird, but spontaneously weeping during our our time together. And and I just knew that I knew that I knew I was supposed to be doing something with this guy. And he later told me the same thing. And that led me to um, filling out a lengthy application process and uh, going through and, and bringing it to the Toledo area. How that is fantastic. I love the way the Lord worked that out, as if that was some sort of coincidence. I love yeah. that. that. That's just incredible. <laughs> All right, so what? as a Truth at Work chapter leader, and you've got lots of different chapters you're leading, but all over uh, Toledo, I imagine that whole big area, that's a, a high-powered area. What kinds of things are you teaching business owners, leaders? What, what are you teaching? Well, I, I would be really clear that uh, my role is a facilitator, so I don't really consider myself doing too much teaching. We have uh, curriculum that uh, that is a part of our program, and then we also, each roundtable session is four hours long, and it's highly driven by the issues of the day, what, what each member's facing, whether it be at home, at work, uh, in the community, uh, just the things that are on their mind, and, and that really drives our discussions, and it's a 
it's a structured uh, uh, morning, but it's also open to whatever uh, the Holy Spirit may want to be doing. So uh, I don't consider myself a teacher, but what our business leaders are learning is the importance of wise counsel and bringing their issues, their challenges, their opportunities to the table. And they really are coming to understand or come to understand that we all have blind spots. I mean, every single one of us do. And we need others speaking into our lives. And so it's really a safe environment for them to come and get input from people who understand the pressures of leadership and understand the, just the, the, the challenges of everyday life. And, you know, because even at home, a leader deals with stuff that it's different at home for a leader than it is for someone who's not a leader. And there's nothing wrong with people who are not a leader. I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just people are at different places. And so, Well, I would tell you that, Jim, we often talk on this show that everybody is a leader if they have influence over one person. So I know what you're talking about. You're talking business owners and leaders. But I will tell you that we, we've redefined that on I Work For Him because everybody has influence over at least one person. Therefore... They are a leader. I agree wholeheartedly with that. However, what I'm what I'm saying is the guy who is running an organization and his wife is a teacher. I mean, she's leading the classroom, but they have different pressures on sets of pressure on them. Or someone who's leading a ministry has a different set of pressure than someone who's a nurse. Um, you know, something like that. And so, and there's not. One's not right or wrong. I totally agree. Both are leaders, but right. uh, in more Absolutely. of a leadership position. Yeah. So what would you say the experience is like for your members? Wow. Uh, I would say it's life-changing. Uh, that would be the one word. We've been doing this now in Toledo for nine years, and it's also very engaging. And it, Most of our members, they say, I cannot believe how quickly these four hours go. I usually can't sit still for a minute. and. It, you know, I'm just kind of riveted to what God is doing. And it really is like a, having a front row seat to watch the Holy Spirit do just some amazing things uh, in the lives of our members. And many of our members have built lifelong friendships with other leaders that they never knew before uh, being involved in Truth at Work. So talk about one story of impact that you've witnessed as a facilitator for Truth at Work Roundtable discussion groups right there in Toledo, Ohio. Jim Lang, talk about what what kind of impact have you witnessed personally? Wow. Well, I mean, we've seen tons of we've seen marriages saved, we've seen families dynamics, these things just get worked out. Business. I mean, there's all sorts of things. But one story. Let me just tell you this. So, one of the components of our meeting is called the roundtable time, where our members uh, at the beginning of the meeting fill out a card and they say. My roundtable issue or my question or my opportunity is uh, from 1 to 10, the severity level. How badly do I want to talk about it today? And this talks about how the enemy plays with us. And we had a member who actually wrote a 3 on her card. Um, So it wasn't a big deal. And she said she needed five minutes to discuss it. And so we ended up having about five minutes left toward the end of that segment. And uh, I said, go ahead and, and share. She goes, well, I just need some prayer because I've got some people really close to me who are saying really hurtful things to me, and I'm just, re- I feel really wounded. And so I asked a couple more questions, a couple more members did, and five minutes later, she's full-on sobbing and says, and she said, two days ago, I was in my garage with a loaded revolver at my temple. I have no idea why I didn't pull the trigger. And I'm telling you, God just filled that room, and we prayed for her. There happened to be a counselor in that meeting who met met with her and what has happened in her life since then is truly remarkable god has just taken her 
to some incredible heights. And, and wouldn't the enemy be the first one to try to take her out when he knew that was coming? And uh, mm-hmm. so, and what, but the question is, where else would she go to share that? Right, right. Uh, Jim Lang, we're out of time, but I do thank you for calling in from Toledo, Ohio. Thanks for representing Truth of Work up there. Thanks for being part of our work for him today. Well, my pleasure. Great being with you. Dave Holly, he's the CEO for Truth at Work. Check him out online at truthatwork.org, truthatwork.org. Now, Dave, a question before we get to our member caller that's going to be calling in shortly. In Tampa Bay, I know a couple of years ago, you guys had, truth, had some Truth at Work uh, roundtables set up here. Right now, do you have some Truth at Work t- uh, roundtables going on? We do. We don't have any in Tampa Bay area right now, but okay. we're, we've gone through some health issues with our chapter president who's still very much a part of tra- Truth at Work, and so you know, we would appreciate our prayers for him. And so um, I expect we fully will be back in there and going as he navigates through this season, um, as we know, uh, gets dealt to people occasionally. So if people are listening today here in Tampa Bay or anywhere in the country, how do they find out if there's a chapter near them? So they would just go out onto our website, and on our website, it specifically talks about roundtables. So if they go up under roundtables, they will see chapters around the country, and they can see if they have one in their area. In addition, okay. if people are interested in starting one, they certainly can you know, notify us there. It talks about start a chapter, and we'd be willing to have some discussions with people. We actually have people in for training uh, this week, actually. Awesome. Okay, so, and this is not this is the roundtable for business owners and leaders as well as the entrepreneurial emerging entrepreneurs. You're you're going to set up both. Yeah. So we, uh, when we start a market, we certainly substantively start again with the core roundtable because usually what you'll find is some of the mentors for the emerging entrepreneurs would come out of the more established enterprise ones. So we are establishing that outside of Indianapolis as well, but more in our more established markets first. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. So let's just talk about the differences. We've been on the air about four and a half years, and we've highlighted a lot of different uh, Christian roundtable discussion mm-hmm. groups for business owners and leaders and key players and things like that. Talk to me about how Truth at Work is similar to those other groups and how Truth at Work is a little set apart. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, like to impact the marketplace. So to a certain extent, I would say we're all fighting the same battle, but using different ammo. And a number of your guests that you've had on before, like Greg and Mike, we've actually been on panels together from some of the other organizations like C12 and Convene, talking about marketplace ministry in general. So the one thing we share in common is that we are trying to impact the marketplace for Christ. And so as peers, we stand together trying to impact that. We all substantively do it through roundtables. And then we have other things that we each offer, including the content and curriculum that may be different. Um, We differ primarily in format and approaches, but at the end of the day, it's very relational. We would typically target companies that are 5 to 10 employees to, say, 200 to 250. Um, They might target ones that are outside that range, but we have members that have two or three employees. We have members that have 500. So um, at the end of the day, it becomes a very relational aspect between the local chapter president or leader and the members. Well, and it's not like there's not plenty of uh, Christ followers out there leading in in the marketplace and in organizations that, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done out there. Yeah, that's why we work together, because we realize there's so much more impact we can have. And so 
that's why you'll see us occasionally at conferences and things speaking together. Well, and, and, and as we've highlighted, all the major uh, faith and work movement, Christian Roundtable discussion groups, it, it is amazing the just the depth of faith in each one of you leaders and your passion for bringing the gospel to the workplace by discipling the leaders and having them understand the kingdom impact of their companies, not only in, in cultivating the earth and blessing families, but actually being there to be Jesus to their people. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a very cool thing. Okay, so you've got a big event coming up here on November the 10th. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so each year, this is our sixth year, we run a leadership event. And our big distinctive, there are a lot of good leadership events, some put on by churches, some put on just by other venues. But, you know, our one distinctive is that every one of ours is not only a great leader in ministry or the marketplace, but also... Uh, share the biblical worldview, so they will certainly be a Christ follower. And so this year, on November 10th, we have our main event in Indianapolis. Um, as you go to our website, there are some other simulcast locations around the country, but our primary event is located in Indianapolis, and we have a number of fascinating speakers this year, like every year. Well, like, who would some of those speakers be this year? Yeah, so one is John Gordon. Uh, you may know him. He's a best-selling author. He uh, recently wrote The Energy Bus. Ann Byler, founder of Annie Ann Pretzels. Every year, in the last couple of years, we've been blessed by a key executive from Chick-fil-A. This year, Mark Miller, who is focused on their high-performance leadership. And then a comedian, Henry Cho. Wow, okay. So who who is this conference for? So specifically, talk to people, because anybody can fly in. It's in Indianapolis, right? Yes, it is. So it's easy to get to from anywhere. And down here in Tampa Bay, they can fly up super easy on Allegiant. It flies right in there. All there right, so how, who is this for? Who is this conference for? So this is for anybody that's in the marketplace, and they want to be encouraged, and they want to be challenged. Because in addition to having roundtables, one thing we have this year is we have a follow-on six-week program that's available to anybody that attends this that talks about Foundation for Marketplace Ministry and has six pieces of content and curriculum they can do in a small group. They can do it with their teams back home. They can do it in a small group at church, or they can just grab a few people from the event. And so, you know, we're looking for people not just to have a great conference, but to actually walk away and do something, whether it be in a roundtable or engage in one of our follow-on programs. Well, and getting to meet other Christ followers from around Absolutely. the country that are, are really trying to connect their faith and work, that's got to be exci- that's gotta be an exciting room to be in. Yeah, people do walk in and they say, wow, this is awesome, uh, when they realize how many there are. So talk to me about where is it being held? So it's being held at Northview Church in Indianapolis, and that's on Friday, November 10th. Friday, November 10th. All right, so people can fly in the day before in Indianapolis. Just, it's just a one-day event, correct? It is. All right, okay. So and they can find out more online at truthatwork.org, right? Correct. There's a register for our conference and more information on our site. All right, so the ultimate end game that those conference attenders are going to come away with is? That, A, they're not alone, and... They will walk away. We'll kind of ask the question, what's the one thing? They're going to get a lot of things, but we kind of focus in our meetings. At the end, we say, what's that one good idea you're going to walk away with and implement? And we'll even give you an opportunity to engage in community to ensure you actually do something with that. So here's a question for you. As the leader of Truth at Work, as the CEO, you, you've got how many chapters do you guys have nationwide? So we have about 20 to 25 because we're launching some new chapters. So okay. we have about 20 to 25 chapters. Is that And how many cities is that? Um, probably substantively about 20. 
Okay, cool. All right, so 20 that's huge. You're impacted 20 cities. I love that. And your your groups are are both men and women groups, right? I mean they're it's, is it just men and just women or is it mixed co-ed groups? No, it's both. And so anyone who's a leader and there's some groups that might have only men. Um probably n- there's no groups cuz I've gotten a chance to visit them that have only women, but we have many groups that will have a combination of men and women leaders. Absolutely. Okay. And and how are you doing reaching out uh, to to the you know a lot of our cities have lots of cultural influence, lots of leaders from the Latino community, the the Asian community, the Black community. How are your groups doing grabbing people, business people from those different communities and bringing them together around one uh, around a roundtable discussion? So really, what that has to do again because it's all relational. We always rely in each market. You know, we rely on people that are the leaders there in that market to be the face of truth at work. So really that starts all the way back into our recruiting efforts. Okay. But I've even been intentional. I used to run chapters in Maryland. And so in there we got intentional about bringing not only women into the group, we brought ethnicities, but then we also brought even youth. We might have had some members that might have been older. So it's really about intentionality of bringing, you know, people that are solid, in their walk, they're wrestling with issues of faith and work. They've got something to offer. One thing about our members, every member at that table has got something to offer at that table and, uh, and harness them together. But it really comes back down to the very beginning and, and who you're recruiting to lead in these markets. You know, as the leader of Truth at Work, I imagine you get to hear some pretty phenomenal stories from your members. Why don't you just talk about one that you remember recently that's, that one of your chapter leaders passed on to you? Well, one of the things that I uh, loved is there's a situation where somebody came into a meeting and an employee stole from them. And everything in their in their being said, I just need to go to work and address it, right? You know, today you can be at work at 6 a.m., right? It used to be you weren't at work till you got to work, but now you can open your phone and technically be at work. And what I loved about that one is he decided to come to his roundtable meeting instead of skip it, even though it was urgent. He decided to get counsel. And in getting counsel, he would tell you, he already knew what to do in his flesh, but by getting counsel, he changed what he did with the employee. And while the employee still ended up being terminated, he maintained a relationship and ultimately was able to lead him to Christ after he was an employee at the company. And so where do you get that kind of truth and counsel around the table that you and your flesh knew exactly what you, quote-unquote, needed to do, but around the table got some good godly counsel and had that kind of impact? And probably some prayer, too. It's so hard to not react emotionally when you've been violated like that. Somebody's stealing from you, cheating you. Uh, that is a phenomenal story, and especially that they were able to maintain a relationship and lead the person to Christ. Dave, talk about the, you know, we got a lot of people that are just tuning in after the bottom of the half hour, and, and they missed kind of the introduction on what Truth at Work is all about. Why don't you just tell people where Truth at Work came from, and, and who should be involved? Yeah, so Truth of Work came from uh, the co-founders, Ray Hilbert and Matt Palin, literally in 1990s were traveling around the country. Ray Hilbert in particular was traveling around the country and just talking to business owners and their spouses and finding some common things that they, they were lonely, isolated, and overwhelmed. They didn't have a common peer group that understood the issues on really the front side of a paycheck and what those challenges are associated with that and realizing if they could impact those owners, they could also impact their employees and ultimately impact the marketplace. So that's how its founding is. And that, in the midst of that, that is also 
what we do. We look for Christian business owners, leaders, key executives that we put in these monthly roundtables, like a board of advisors that share their biblical worldview and help them, you know, really wrestle with issues of faith and work by giving them, you know, cutting-edge content and curriculum and best practices with a faith, faith-based and also business practical, put it in the context of a peer group that have literally in a room would be hundreds of years of experience, both spiritually and professionally, and then in community where it's really safe and not judgmental because sometimes, you know, we just don't have that safe place to wrestle with those issues. And, and that's it. It's a safe place. And, and talk about that for a minute because a lot of people think, wait a minute, they own their own business. It's their own safe place. Why is it that CEOs, business owners, and leaders, pastors – People that run organizations are very lonely at the top. Well, here's a great example. I mean, you look to leaders, right? I mean, I think about pastors. My son's uh, in Bible college to become a preacher. I just think of them, wow, people look to them to be, quote-unquote, all together. But I'll give you an example. One of our roundtables, you know, as they're working through issues of payroll and, you know, the things they worry about, uh, customers and things, they're responsible for lives in that sense and a livelihood. And they don't turn it off. You know, many of us, I can tell you, even when I worked for companies early, I could turn it off at 5 or 6 o'clock and go home, and they just don't. And we had a roundtable where a guy, quite frankly, was dealing with severe depression, and that's not something he could just sit there and say in front of his employees or even his management team. He needed some place where he could just nonjudgmentally say, God, I'm struggling, and how can you help come around me? Well, and that's, it's a tough deal. I mean, and I, this is something I've learned even about pastors recently is that, I mean, not, we've always known they have a tough job because they've got, you know, every person yeah. sitting in the pews a critic. But the same thing is true of our business owners and leaders as well because they've got so much pressure and they don't get to turn it off. Yet when they come home, they're still expected to actually get, keep their marriage a priority, keep their family a priority over and above their work. And a lot of times they don't have any good perspective on that. Do you guys at Truth at Work help business owners and leaders understand the priorities, the God-given priorities? We do. We have content that's arrayed around that. But it's interesting you say we're talking to somebody in a new market for us up outside the Detroit area, and one of the guys, the guy's running a big construction company, and, you know, he knows how to do big things, right, big projects, run big, um, you know, programs and things and do big construction projects. But, you know, he honestly just looked at it and he goes, I got people in my business that are struggling financially. I got people struggling in their marriage. I got people that are dealing with anxiety and depression. Like, how do I how do I minister to them? And you know, it was real sincere. Look, like, I can tell them how to do this, right, and run the business. But I have to be equipped for this. And where else do I get equipped to deal with this? Now, we're not asking them to be counselors and things, but we do need to be able to equip them to be able to be sensitive to that and minister to that in the lives of the people that work with them. Well, can you give us an example of what that looks like? Because that's one of those things where it's sometimes hard to understand until you put it in a picture or put it in a story. Can you give us a story that explains that? Yeah, well, one of the things that we found um, two years ago is we brought some content in around marriage. Right? And you think, okay, business, what's, what's the deal with marriage? But there's so many stories. I'll tell you the personal story is I navigated a business through the tech uh downturn and i remember reading an article and the article was about how this guy navigated the company through all these twists and turns of the downturn and of course as a leader i just loved it i was following through every step of the way and then when it was uh all done at the end of the article it said almost as a throwaway punchline oh and he lost his marriage you know and Mm. it was like 
and to me, that invalidated the rest of what he did. You know, but to the article in a business journal, it was like, wow, look how great this guy did. No, oh, yeah, it had a little side effect. Well, that's not a little side effect. That's got <laughs> generational impact. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, so with all that said, um, the um, the challenges that we face, marriage was a big one a couple years ago, and we actually brought in somebody to deal with that and, and bring those issues out where people can honestly share. Well, so a we're lot bringing of people... content related to that. Well, a lot of people think, wait a minute, this is a business Christian business roundtable discussion group where business owners and leaders and leaders of organizations can come in and have conversations about organizational kind of stuff. But they don't think about the fact that they're gonna, you're going to deal with spiritual issues. You're going to deal with personal issues because all of those roll into the workplace, right? Yeah, and you're dealing with life. Because at the end of the day, people are living lives. I, I, one of our chapter presidents make this great comment to his pastor. He says, when's the last time you gave a sermon on how to biblically fire somebody? And the reality is, you do have to fire people occasionally. And uh, he had a good point. He's like, when is the last time I gave a sermon on that? So there are different ways to approach even business topics, but they have the human side of it. Wow. And that's that's it. Just making it real. And a lot of times that's what we all are looking for from our pastors. Hey, just show, give me something I can chew on that applies to my day-to-day. And you guys are helping the pastors out by giving them something practical uh, during the, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometime in their Monday through Friday. I mean, I love that. You're just making yeah. it real. No, it's great. And it's new every meeting. My wife, you know, she's tired of me calling at 12.05, and she goes, have the meeting go, and I say it was the best one ever. And she goes, <laughs> after about six years, she goes, how can that be possible? And I said, well, each one's different. Um, and so in their, each of their own way is the best one ever. Well, that, it's got to be exciting to be part of a movement that, that is touching the lives of business people who then touch the lives of their of organizational leaders of business people, touching those lives of those people and then their employees and their vendors and their customers. When you look at your expansion plan in parts of the country, you got some cities in mind where you want to grow next? Or are you waiting for people to reach out and go, I want to be part of Truth at Work? Well, we have some new markets we've recently expanded to, and sometimes you might think of them as, hmm, these are maybe spiritually more challenging markets. So New York City and Los Angeles, for instance, are two. And in the cases of those markets, it's interesting. As I've gone out, I haven't been out to L.A. with our newly fielded chapter president. But I was in New York. It was interesting. We got into a conference room, and you could look at the business people in that room. They were great people of faith. But as I was having this you know, briefing with them about truth at work, it was almost like I was in an oasis. I mean, I was an oasis in the desert where, like, they don't have these kind of conversations in conference rooms in New York City. Now, I know that they do have them, but it was interesting to see as they were looking at me, it's like, wow, just so freely to be able to wrestle and talk about these issues. And I could just tell I was in an area where that's probably not so easy to do every day. So certain regions of the country have different openness to it. Well, and you, when you look at you know, 11, 12, 13 million people living in New York City and 5, 6 million people living in the greater Los Angeles area, mm-hmm. huge areas, and yet uh, we have highlighted people on the air who are they're in part of that movement. They're, seen, they're seeing the Lord move in both of those great places, but there's so much work yet to be done. There's a need for thousands of roundtable discussion groups in L.A. and in New York City. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're barely scratching the surface, and so there's plenty of opportunity for impact. And you could just tell by the people in the room, they just don't, haven't seen something like this. 
Well, talk to me about what's most exciting for you as you look to 2018 for Truth at Work. What is it that you are most excited about that the Lord's laid on your heart? I think I will be honest, the most I'm personally excited about, and of course there's a lot of things under my charge, but I have always had a passion for entrepreneurship. I've been involved in um, entrepreneurship and incubators. I was part of a center for entrepreneurship where I was mentoring young business leaders. And I loved it. But now I have this opportunity through our Emerging Entrepreneur Program to do it in a faith-based context as well. So to be honest, I find it refreshing because sometimes if you go in a room of established enterprises, they will say, you know, you ask about roundtable issues, you might get five or six issues that people throw on the table. When you go into one with the Emerging Entrepreneurs... (laughs) They'll give you 12 out of I was going to say, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a Gatling gun of questions, I'm sure. It's, well, when, it's fascinating. When you start to see some of those people, some of your emerging entrepreneurs, be ready for some online discussion or on-air discussion, let me know. Let's schedule another show. Dave you Holly bet. with Truth at Work, thanks so much for being on iWork for him today. Thank you, Jim. Make sure you check out Truth at Work online at truthatwork.org, truthatwork.org. It's for you and me the business owners and leaders of today's generation. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, my workplace. It's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com iwork the number 4 him.com